Welcome to the Property Investors Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an upload. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Enjoy this week's show and don't forget to share it with all your friends. Hey, I'm Russell Leeds. Hey, I'm Ricky Mandel. And welcome to the Property Investors Podcast. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about how to systemize your service accommodation property so that it is completely passive. Uh, First of all, Rick, what's the definition of passive? Passive means that the income comes in, whether you're working on it or not, whether you're there or not, it comes in. It's actually not quite. I looked it up in a dictionary. I knew you'd come up with a smart answer. I'm sure there's different dictionary definitions. However, it is when you're doing little to money that comes in with little to no effort. Oh, sorry. The reason it's different, right, the reason it's different is because a lot of people think passive income is where you literally could be in a coma and the money would be coming in. Okay. But actually, it's little to no effort. Because even when you systemize, for example, a service accommodation business, there's still a little bit of effort. There's still occasional things like, for example, your cleaner retires. Well, how, how much time do you spend on your service accommodation business? Uh, about 20 minutes a week. So that 20 minutes a week is the little bit of effort? I would still describe it as passive, yes. Even though there is a teeny bit of effort, little to no effort, not completely no effort. Would you, what would you, well, I suppose, it's a bit grey, isn't it? What well, no, you read it in the dictionary. Well, well, what counts as little to no? Well, what, no is pretty simple. No, no is, is not. Simple. What counts as little to no, though? Just 20 minutes count? Well, yeah, I mean. Five minutes? It's an One interesting minute? question. You put, you, you, I, I, I don't know. Because even if like, you buy, like, let's say you bought stocks in the S&P 500, you just have to go on and click the button and press it, you still, have, you still look at it. Well, a little to no effort. Doing. Some people might think an hour a day is little to no effort. Yeah, you wouldn't, would you? That'd be a full-time job for <laughs> you. No way, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> an hour a day. <laughs> All right, so look, what, what are your then top tips then? If you've got service accommodation, which... You know, in case anyone doesn't know, is where you've got a property, you're renting out an Airbnb, etc. You're getting a much better nightly rate. So with a service accommodation property, you might have a property that would rent out for £900 a month as a buy-to-let, and you're getting three, £4,000 a month doing it as service accommodation. So if you can make it passive, I mean, surely that is the way forward, right? I, I, absolutely, I think so. I think so. I think when you start, there are some aspects you should potentially do yourself. Okay. Because when you systemize a business, it's important that you've done it yourself first. Um, but if you want to systemize service accommodation, the way that I've done it is I actually use the formula called the four C's. The four C's? Yeah. Are you one of them? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, I am. You are. Okay. I'm a champion. Oh, ah, you were thinking this, you were implying something else, weren't you? Well, to Ricky's got you've got two of the C's already, haven't you? <laughs> Go on, carry on. Yeah, so the first C is um, cleaners. Yeah. So with service accommodation, unlike a straightforward single let, where you would have a tenant in there, you know, for a long period of time, they would clean it themselves, so on and so forth. With service accommodation, you're going to have to after every stay and every booking, when someone leaves, just like in a hotel, when they check out someone then needs to go in and clean and make the bed again, put the cheese and biscuits out, clean everywhere, make sure it's ready and spotless for the next guest. Interesting question for you. Do you book your cleaner on checkout or before check-in? I'll answer that in a moment. All right. So, where were we? Cleaners. 
That's the first C, yeah. cleaners. And also, my advice would be, if you're looking for cleaners, don't go with a one-man band. So I wouldn't, you know, just kind of, because when I was looking for cleaners, I'd have, you know, I'd put a, a little post out there and people would message me saying, hey, you know, my name's Sally and I'm a cleaner, I can help you out. But I was thinking, Sally, who does it on her own, what happens if one day Sally's ill and I need a cleaner for a last minute booking? Yeah. You know, I'm gonna struggle. I, I, I totally agree. The other thing I would recommend as well when looking for a cleaner, you mentioned putting a message out there. I found I had a much better success rate of finding cleaners when I did put a message on, say, Bark, for example, rather than looking for cleaners in the area and ringing them up. Because the amount of cleaners I spoke to that were like, oh, we, you know, we only do once a week, or we could do Wednesdays, or we could do, they would, I'm like, no, 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 I want you to have access to my calendar. I don't want to speak to you ever again, to be honest. <laughs> I want you to have access to my calendar. And when a guest checks out, I want you to see it on my calendar, and I want you just to go in and clean it, whether it be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you have to do it between the hours of 11 and 3 because I've got another guest coming. And I want you just to sort it. Oh, and I also want you to buy toiletries. I want you to top up the shower gel. I want you to buy coffee. I want you to buy milk. All that. And then just invoice me at the end of the month. And they're like, no, 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 we don't do that. A lot of them don't do that. So you want, don't try and bodge it with a normal cleaner. Yeah. You're having to ring them. You want it to be totally systemized, automated. If you've got a channel manager, you can share your calendar with them. Uh, that's the way you want to do it with a cleaner. Yeah. Would you agree? Same thing. 100% agree. And you've just told them my second C. Go on. So thank you for that. Calendar. No, channel manager. Ah, okay. So channel manager is um, a company, is a, man a managing company that will manage the diary. So what will happen is if you put, let, you've got online travel agencies like Booking.com, Airbnb, Trivago, and you're going to use these online travel agencies if you're smart and you know what you're doing to market the property. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to market yourself on your own website. Because if you're just starting out, like when I started, imagine me, little old Rick, putting out a website when no one knows who I am, no, no one's going to book it. So you may as well put it on online travel agencies, which by the way is free, because you'll only pay when you get a booking. Yeah. So you can list it for free. You just pay commission when you get a booking. What, what do you make of people that moan about the commissions that Airbnb and Booking.com charge? Oh, you know. Like I, I think, well, you know, this is a business. I agree. And Booking.com, do you know how much money they spend on, you know, marketing and get, so why would you not pay the commission it's like saying, I'd rather not have loads of bookings, and I'd rather have void periods than pay a commission fee for getting a booking. Yeah, the other thing that really annoys me is when guests try, oh, I've had it where they're booked on Airbnb or whatever, and then they've contacted me and gone, I've booked on Airbnb, I'm going to cancel it, and I want to book direct with you, or we'll split the commission. No, just leave your booking on Airbnb. Yeah. I'm not interested. I don't want to be booking with you direct. I don't want to be speaking to you right now. Don't <laughs> I don't want to speak to you. I don't even want to speak to my cleaners. So <laughs> I don't want to speak to anyone. <laughs> uh, uh, but like what? Like, and I've had it when I've stayed at Airbnbs and I like, book direct next time. I'm like, why are you trying to cut Airbnb out of the deal? Well, I mean, I, I, I would. I can see both sides of that. Really? Yeah. Why? Because if you, I was Airbnb, I'd be furious. Yeah, but if there's an opportunity for you to remarket your property to an existing customer, it's not an existing customer. It's Airbnb's customer. They're booked through Airbnb. All right, let's say someone booked through Airbnb. Yeah. They stay. Yeah. Would you then send them an email after saying, if you want to book again, come and book directly through the website? No. 
See, I, I, well, maybe we have to, maybe we should debate this one out. All right. Because I think that's what we do. I wouldn't do that. I, for me, we use your Airbnb as customer. Air, they've booked through Airbnb. I've just provided the service. But my background is through. I used to work through agencies. I used to run an agency. And I, like when we had an agency, if one of my one of my entertainers did that, I'd be fuming. It's my client. I booked. I booked it and sold it. You've just delivered it. What what are Airbnb's terms? Like, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> it wouldn't even surprise me if you did that. If they like kicked you off their site or whatever, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't. I'll have to ask. But I, I, I'll have to I, ask the guy I, that does it. I wouldn't do that personally. All right, I'll pass the message on. To who? The guy that does it. <laughs> so the channel manager. Your friend. Yeah. The one with the problem. Yeah. So, um, but what I do do is I do use channel manager, and yep. the channel manager lists the property on the online travel agencies. Now, what that does is a few things. Number one. It, if you get a booking through booking.com, if you don't have a channel manager, then you'll have to log into all of the online, other online travel agencies and cancel off the dates that you get bookings for. Yeah. Now, the aim of the game and the goal is to get as many bookings as you possibly can, of course, because that's how you're going to make your money. So if you've got loads of bookings coming in, you don't want to be going onto all of the agencies and crossing off the diary whenever you get a booking. So that will end up being a full-time job. Well, well, even if it's not a full-time job, it's another job that you've got to do. You've got to be keeping an eye on it, then when a booking comes through, you've got to yeah. go on the other And thing there's a big it. risk. Yeah, because you might get a double booking. Yeah, and then that would lead yeah. to a bad review. Yeah. So a channel manager will see, what you do is you get all of the information about the property. So when you look on booking.com, you can see when you look at a property, you know, what amenities are nearby, what, you know, activities you can do nearby, the facilities that the property's got. You get all of that information, just like what you see on booking.com, you give that to your channel manager. And now that piece of work is not a quick process. However, once you've done it once, it's done. Yeah. You give that to your channel manager and then they will list it on all of the online travel agencies based off the information you've given them. And then when there's a booking on booking.com, the booking will come through to your diary, which is your channel manager, and it will automatically cross off all of the dates that has been booked on all of the other online travel agencies. So that's what they'll do. They'll manage your diary to save you from doing it. Yeah. They also do a lot of other things as well, um, like you know they facilitate payment transactions, um, lots of things. And you can connect your, as you do, and I do as well, connect your channel manager with your cleaners. So every time there's a, and it's limited access, so they can't see you know, prices or turnovers or anything like that. They just get a notification whenever there's a, a booking. And when someone's checking in and checking out, and then they know when to go in and check out. Yeah. So you've got cleaners and you have your channel manager. The next C. I, I say to my cleaner as well, just to make it even more systemized. I'll say to them, look, if you need any new laundry, if you need anything in the house into replacing, just sort it and invoice. Yeah, that's what we do as well. Yeah. Up, we do ours up until 100 pounds. Yeah. So they cover it up to 100 quid. But we do reimburse them, it's not out of their pocket. Yeah. Um, the next C is check in and check out. Can I just say why that's so good as well? What, the check in and check out? No. the. Uh, the telling them to fix anything up to 100 quid. Go on. The reason it's so good is number one, it saves you doing it. But number two, it lets them know that it's their responsibility to sort it. Yeah. If you don't say that, if something's broken or something goes missing, they're just like, oh well. But if they know, if the iron goes, just buy another iron. Yeah. One thing I will say though, because we had that with a kettle and the kettle broke. So I would now, learning from experience, I would always outlay what our branding features and includes with regards to like colour schemes and stuff like that. Let me give an example. The kettle broke. 
when I first got my first service accommodation and the cleaner replaced the kettle. Thank you, cleaner. It's good. However, our branding colours is like red, burgundy. That's our brand. Sounds disgusting. Thanks. That's right. <laughs> what's, what's your brand then? Burgundy. Burgundy for your kettle. Yeah, the is your ju- kettle no, burgundy? Not, no. But it should it have been? Though? It's not. No, it's not. No, but she got a yellow one. Oh, God forbid. So, but my jury. What about a jury? Jury's in's burgundy. Say that to the jury's in. I'm not in conversation with the jury's in. I'm in conversation <laughs> with you. Did you want a burgundy kettle? Is that what you wanted? No, I wanted a white kettle. Because that oh, just okay. goes with everything. Okay. But she bought a yellow one. Right, okay. So it's like, you know, just let your cleaners know. Uh, we, we have a list. And we say, right, this, like kettle, you know, um, white goods. Yeah, uh, not white goods, but like microwave. Um, everything's going to be white because it goes neutral. What, and what, with... my, my white goods are black. So they black goods. So, right. Fridge, freezer, that sort of stuff. What's your, what's your branding? What's your, branding. you know what? You know, like your like Premier Inn, what colour do you think of? Right. I don't see it as like Premier Inn. They're just houses. Just answer the question. It's not that I haven't got a branding colour. I don't have burgers. It's just a house. It's just nice inside. So what colour are like your throws and stuff? I don't know. I can't remember. Blue, maybe? I'm not sure. Did you even pick them? Different. Did yeah, you look at them? What I you... looked at them. I'm in mainly Anna, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it just looks good, but it'll be different depending on the house. Have you ever been to your service accommodation? Yes. So you don't have like a colour scheme that you go with? No. So it's not like... It'll be different. Each house will be different. I'm not bothered. Good though that you do like that. It's interesting. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Alright, so check in and check out anyway. Yep. Third C. Check in and check out. Um, what I don't think you should do is when someone checks in, you go and meet them. Oh, come on. No, but you'd be surprised how many people do that. That's I had it happen to me. Really? Well, I'd hate that. Oh, it was terrible. If I turned up and they were there to meet me and show me around, I'd be like, oh man, really? I oh yeah. Wanna, like, like I said before, I don't like talking to people. Exactly, you don't even <laughs> talk to your cleaners. No, some of us just But this to. guy, it was so, it was such a bad experience. And I, you know, because he, first of all, he had to contact me. Right, to find out when I'm checking in so that he can meet me. So I told him, and I go to, to the property, and we're meant to meet, I can't remember what the time it was, like 6 p.m. I said, I'll be there, roughly. So I get there. Oh, well, let's see the thing, right? Don't you hate it when they ask you what time, you go to a hotel, and they're like, what time are you going to arrive? It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. In a month's time? Yeah. How the hell do I know? Even on the day, I don't know. No, I don't know. I, I might want to stop on the way. For three coffees or something. For coffee. Yeah, yeah. That's like, Whatever, yeah. I don't know. No. But anyway, I, roughly six o'clock I'll be there. So I get there about six o'clock. Yeah. And I'm sat there waiting. I'm trying to find this guy. I'm like looking around. You know, and everyone that walks around the corner, I'm thinking, yeah, it could be them. You know, I'm about to get out. But you know, they just walk past. It's obviously not. I'm thinking, where is this guy? He gets to seven o'clock and he's still not there. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe I've missed a door or something. I can't see. So I walk around the building. I'm having a look. It starts to rain as I walk outside, and it's just like, what am I doing? I said I'd be here at six. Anyway, I ring him, doesn't answer the phone. Yeah. Half an hour later, it's an hour and a half now, so half an hour later, I've been there an hour, half an hour later, he's an hour and a half late, he, he runs around the corner, drenched in the rain. He's like, oh, really sorry, the traffic was so bad on the motorway. And I was thinking, I've just waited an hour and a half so that you can open the door to let me in. 
So now I'm in a bad mood. Okay. And then he takes me in and he starts talking me through every single feature of the property and where everything is. So he's like showing me like the washing machine, like here's the washing machine. But not only is he showing me, he's giving me a story. This is the washing machine. Now we were gonna go with the LG one. And he, this is what he's saying, but, but the Mitsubishi one, this one's got like 9,000 spins. I was thinking, mate, I really don't, I just wanna get in. I, the, the, what I wanna do right now is lay on the bed and just shut my eyes for a minute and just get over what's happened outside. That makes me laugh. This actually happened to me, but not in a service accommodation. I went to, when I went to LA, we were staying at it was actually a really nice hotel, and the guy, the guy showed us up to our room, and he said, "Would you like a tour of the room?" I don't know why, but I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, even he looked a little bit taken aback. <laughs> He was like, right, so uh, there's the bed. And I was like, oh, nice, yeah, it looks like a you know, good solid bed. And here's your wardrobe. I was like, oh, why didn't I say yes? He took me out the whole room. I was like, oh, what, oh that's horrible. What was I thinking? What, 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 I just don't get it. Yeah, it's because, do you know what it was? I think it's because I was like trying to find, like, because in America you have to tip them for everything, don't you? Yeah. And I was like trying to find, he, he's just, you know, carry that bag, so I'm trying to find money to tip. I thought telling him to give me a tour will give me a bit of time. Yeah. The, the only thing I want to know when I get into that room is where are the biscuits? That's all I want to know. Yeah, or what's the Wi Fi? Or, yeah, but a good service combination will have it on the wall. Even before the Wi Fi, no, Wi Fi second, yeah. biscuits first. Okay. Right? So, Anyway, that's why I don't think you should check people in that yourself. Not because you'll turn up late and, you know, people might not want to be spoken to. All right, so what should, to, you, what should you do for check-in, check-out? Well, there's a few options. Um, you could put a key safe on the building. Which I think is what most people do. Right? Yeah, it's just a little box with a code on it. You put in the code, it opens, you get the key. And you can automate your, your channel manager so that it texts or messages them over the code and everything before they arrive. Yep. Uh, do, do you ever change your codes? Me personally. You personally. I don't. Do, do, they, do they get changed? Yes. How often? Every month. Really? Yeah. <sighs> Why? I never change my codes. That's really irresistible. But what I do is I just like pretend to them that I do. So I'm like, oh, we have set your codes too. And it's the same every time. It's irresponsible, that is. Is it irresponsible? Yeah. Even you do it once a month, though. They can still break in the next week. Yeah, but at least once a month is better than never. <laughs> <laughs> so... You, just by show, because I've got a, you know the audience here. Do you, by show of hands, those of you that have got service accommodation, how many of you never change the codes? Um, You're the only one. Two, three. Four, <laughs> There's five, no one. Six, You're seven, the only eight. person. And how many of you change the codes on a regular basis? Really? How regular? Once a month. Really? See, I've never, I've never had a. Problem. I don't get it. Why do you say to your cleaners, can you just change the code once a month? I probably should. Probably should. So, but, but. Some, ones. Someone's fancy. some people have the problem where they can't even put key safes on the building because no. if it's like a leasehold property yeah. the head lease might say you can't put it on there so what you could do is you could put it somewhere else so what we have um like we have someone that went through our advanced training on service accommodation and he managed to put it on a fence there's a field next to where his apartments are with a fence around it and he spoke to the owner of the field and um, he pays them a monthly fee just to put it on the underside of the fence. You see, you see them a lot in London. Do you know like the padlock ones? Yeah. And like on like railings and stuff like that. Have you, you guys never seen that? You're walking around London, you'll see like loads of these like padlock key safes all over the, uh, which is like the same yeah, thing, I suppose. Yeah, same thing. So you could do that. Um, so you could get creative with it. Or another option we've got is you could use a service called Keyness. And Keyness is basically a nationwide service across the UK. And it's where shops and like train stations and things like that, petrol stations, they'll hold on to the keys for you. And when the guest turns up, they show their ID. 
and they get the keys and then when they drop it back off they drop it back off at the key nest and you could normally find somewhere pretty close to your property so yeah yeah, yeah. There, there's loads of them and what's good about key nests as well is if you've got you know service accommodations in a certain area and they don't for whatever reason have key nests there you can request to have one put there now what i would recommend if you are going to use a service like that is to find somewhere that's really you want it to be open 24 24 hours a day because you don't know when people are going to be checking in some people come at midnight one o'clock in the morning so really you want somebody that's 24 hours so you don't have to say to the guest well you need to be checked in before 11 o'clock because otherwise you won't be able to get the keys i'll tell you what i have got a little tip for you i don't know if you do this as well i've actually got two key safes the one that i tell them about and another one hidden away just in case can you imagine if like the guest didn't put the key back in or could whatever. you yeah and also could you imagine if you just never changed that that code ever someone could come and steal the key they could but i've got a second key safe <laughs> hidden somewhere else so i can go ah don't worry there's no key there but, go, but it, it, I've, ne I've never actually ever had to use it but it kind of gives me a little bit of peace of mind that it's there just in because yeah. the last thing i'd want to do is a guest to turn up and be like no, it makes sense. It may also, I guess that helps with if they accidentally take the key with them and someone else is coming to say the next day, you don't then have to go and drop another key off. Yeah. Or that the makes cleaner. sense. The cleaner, obviously the cleaner's got spare keys. Yeah. So worst case. That makes sense. Out, Another thing you could do with check in and check out is you could use like a 24 hour concierge desk. You know, when I started, I went into um, local businesses and, tr and tried to see if they would, like businesses that have a 24 hour, you know, reception desk. Because if, a, if there's a business... Like a local hotel? I didn't go for hotels. Mine was... competition. Who did you go... What, where did you find a concierge that was 24-7 near your... So there's some apart, like there's apartment blocks. Oh, apartment blocks. Yeah, there are apartment blocks where they have, like, the first floor is offices. And then above that is all of the apartments. And they have, like, a 24-hour concierge desk. Um, where there's like security there 24 7 and I just went and I said to him look you know this is what I'm doing it's in, it's in, my apartment's in a different block but would you be open to a monthly fee if you just looked after the keys and there was one that just said yeah we'll do it 40 quid a month because they don't have to it's not costing them anything it's just an extra bit of money for them so there's Smaller a company you probably struggle with a bigger company yeah, you should, because it's similar to the cleaners, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They have their procedures, they have their set ways. But a smaller company, I can imagine going yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. So they're the ways that you can do um, your check-in service and, and systemize that. And then the fourth C and the final C is communication. Yeah. Because even if you systemize the first three, which is cleaners, channel manager, and check-in and check-out, you're still going to spend your time sending emails, communicating with guests. So the first thing you can do to systemize that is in your channel manager, you can have set emails that go out, you can send the codes, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So that can all get sorted. Um, the I think the big one for me for communication, because you're still going to get, well, here's another one before I get to that. We, we touched on it earlier, but having um, a welcome pack yeah. in the property is a type of communication. Do a good job with that. Well, all my properties, I spend time on that. I work, I, I'd like get the TVs working, how to do it, you know, where the remote. And it has are. to be like a dummy's guide as well. It really has to be a dummy. And I, the wife... I think to myself, imagine if Rick was staying here. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to get the TV sorted, the Wi-Fi, the, the cooker, the washing machine, the drying machine. I even include things like how long the washing machine typically takes. 
Because I get you sometimes you get messages off people, oh my washing's been I literally had this one which why I included it. Oh my washing's been on for three hours like, or two hours or something. Oh it, does it still work? I was like, yeah, yeah. So anytime someone like emails or leaves a review or something and says or ask you these questions, you think, oh, I'll put that in the welcome back then. Exactly. No matter how stupid it is. No matter how stupid. So you look at it and you go, ha, what a stupid question. I'll put it in the welcome pack. Exactly. Good idea. Always updating it. And then, and then the other thing I would say, this is a, a brilliant tip, is if you can find a company, so the company that I've used is a company called All Day PA. And what they will, you can give them your welcome pack with all your questions, how to get in, all the stupid questions, everything that you've got. And you can also give them like your handyman that you use, your plumber that you use, your electrician that you use, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what they will do is they will be the first point of contact and many times they can just sort it. So if someone rings them up and goes, like I, I had one um, the other day uh, that went to them and it was, uh, what was it? The heating wasn't working. I said, the heating's not working. And they, they were like, no problem. They got a plumber, plumber went over, fixed it. I didn't even know, I was away, didn't even know about it. Right, so the only time they'll ever get me involved is if it's like a, at a high amount or whatever. Again, you've got a set amount with them, how much they're prepared to pay the plumber or whatever. But I think that is like gold dust. They answer the phone 24 7, 365. So even on Christmas Day, you've got a guest staying, they call up, it gets And you, do you give them scripts and kind of FAQs? Well, I give them the welcome pack with all the stupid questions in. And then my recommended suppliers. So they've got everything that they kind of need to know about the property. They've got pictures of where everything is, everything like that sorted. Um, and it just means that you don't have to even think about it. It goes sense. straight to them. And unless there's something they can't deal with, or it's like a big problem that it's a high amount, then they'll get in touch with you. But it limits all the little bits of communication. So the 20 minutes that you spend a week on your service accommodation business, what are you doing in them 20 minutes? Um, nor normally just checking through my the, the the account maybe if it's sometimes on booking.com or whatever they'll you just click yes to accept in the time for example that they appear which takes about half a second on the email just like yep yeah, that's fine that's fine so just little tiny things like that um, is there any aspect of the business when you're just starting out that you would say not to systemize to begin with um, something to not pro probably not the phone calls, it's probably worth coming to you first, so you help you create a database yeah. of what the phone calls are. I think a lot, a lot of the work is in the setup. I think if you do a good job of the setup, it's systemized. If you do a bad job of the setup, then it creates more work. Yeah. Um, even down to like picking the right property. You know, you don't want a property that's going to be a party house, for example, it's going to cause problems. You want, you know, in a good location, you want it done nice, look nice. The photos are super important. Because when you're booking a hotel on booking.com, for example, do you use booking.com or Airbnb personally? Booking.com. Yeah, I use booking.com. The first, the main, the two things I look at are the reviews and the pictures. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. We're, we're, I filter them. I want something that's excellent straight away. So all the non-excellent ones or however they rank it are gone. And then I'm just looking through the pictures. Which one looks the nicest? Uh, that one. So I think they're the two most important things. So you want to make sure that you've got good reviews, um, particularly on Airbnb. So like, I'm like Superhost. Um, Ooh. I know, yeah. Superhost over here. I know. Ooh. Uh, but it's important. No, it is. It makes your property stand out. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you get like, people like you that like just filter in from the best. Yeah. You have to push it to the top. 
So you, what you're saying is if you do, not only if you put these systems in place, it will become more passive, but if you do a, the best job you possibly can from the very start, yeah. it will make it even more passive. Yeah, and, and putting it on a channel manager is a ball leg. Yeah. It literally, oh, the first time I did it, it took me about two weeks to get it accepted and put on, and probably like, I don't know, 10 hours of actual work, writing the descriptions and all that sort of stuff. Then it probably took me another day to put the, the manual together. It is time consuming when you're first getting started, uh, but it's important. Well, once you've done it once, it's just then just a case of updating it, isn't it, if you well, need to. Well, updating it for that property, but every time you get a new property, your welcome pack's gonna be different. Yeah, but I mean, geez, you're not gonna take on a property for the next three years every single week. You might do. We're speaking to the lady over there, got 20. How long did it take you to get 20? Since April. That's, well, that's probably what, that's probably, uh, that is probably about one a week. I stand corrected. So one a week, that's work. I mean, that's quite a lot of work setting it up each one. It's yeah. a full-time job. Yeah, but there'll be a point where it's like, you're not gonna do that for the next year. There'll be a point where once it's done, it's done, isn't it? How many do you want? So you consolidate, so she's got 20, 20 in about 20 weeks, and now she's consolidated, 24 weeks or 24? We've got 24, so more than one a week since April, and now consolidation, and get it, get them all set up, get them systemized, make sure each one's set up correctly, and then eventually, so 24, I would say, should probably, you probably, once you've got that fully systemized, if you do all the things that we've talked about, probably maybe like an hour or two a week, you're probably gonna be talking. It's not gonna be a big job. If you get the right cleaners in, the right channel manager, the right uh, all day PA or whoever it is, the right virtual assistant. Yeah. You've got your key safe, you've got everything up, up, and, up and running. And then another little tip, and this isn't work, but I like to stay in my Airbnbs. So I'm looking, if there's a gap, I'll go and stay. Because when you stay, you pick up stuff that no one mentions or no one notices. Yeah. It's always work. If you've got like a weekend, if we have a free weekend and I'm like, oh look, no one's booked that one. Let's go, let's go, let's go and stay there for the night and we'll go, you know, we'll go to Litchfield or we'll go to Brighton or whatever. And have a customer experience from your point of view. Yeah, and I don't even tell the cleaners, I just put it on as a booking. So yeah. I see exactly what they're doing, how they're setting it out. That's a good idea. Yeah. One final tip for the cleaners as well, I've just suddenly thought while I'm talking about it, is when you, when you first stage the property, take photos of all the rooms and say to the cleaners, I want it to look like this every time someone checks in. And then that way, otherwise standards can slip or a new cleaner comes in, you know, in the team it changes. That way it's like you're holding them accountable. This is what I want to look like every single time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good tip for the, for the cleaners. Yeah. So just to recap, if you're looking to systemize your service accommodation business, the four things that you need to put in place is the first thing is having a good cleaning team not going with a one-man band, but also maybe not going for a massive company, you want to find a bit of a middle ground. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to have a check-in and check-out service where people can let themselves into the property and when they check out, they leave their key and away they go so that you don't have to go to the property yourself. The third thing is a channel manager who's going to manage your diary, manage your bookings, also manage your email um, communications between the guests and yourself. And then the fourth thing is going to be the actual communications itself between you and the guests. If they need to ring you, if there's a problem or they need a question answered, you can put things like all day PA in place where it's a virtual PA and they have a script, they have frequently asked questions, they have a welcome pack that they can look at to answer anything that's needed. And if you put those four things in place, then your service accommodation income will be more passive. See you next week.